0: Welcome back to the My Online Schooling podcast, the place where we talk to staff and parents and pupils to find out more about life at the online school. Now, in this episode, we're rowing across the Atlantic, more specifically from the Canary Islands to Antigua, and we're doing it in support of a charity called Reverse Rett. Rett syndrome is a postnatal neurological disorder, which most often affects girls around the age of 12 to 18 months. And My Online Schooling is a proud sponsor of a team of five people who in December 2021 will be rowing across the Atlantic. So we speak to Ian Baird, Duncan Hughes, Fraser Potter and Clive Rooney. There is a fifth called Ross McKinney who couldn't join us this time. And they're about to explain to us what it's going to be like for them all to row across the Atlantic, why it's important to have the support of organisations such as My Online Schooling and just what this rare condition is, which is the focus of the team's fundraising efforts. That's all coming up in this episode. Let's get to it right now. Come with me while we meet our crew. So Ian, Clive, Duncan and Fraser, thank you for joining me on the My Online Scoring podcast. How are you all doing today?
1: Hi Simon, it's really good to meet you. Uh, Yeah, uh, I think we're all fine. I I speak for everyone, but uh, we're missing one of our, our crew. We're missing Ross just now, but he's busy with something else. But we do have... Uh, as you say, Clive, Dunk and Fraser are here. Um, I think we're all generally well. Dunk's just finished doing 20k in the Argo, so uh, it's probably
2: better to ask him exactly how he's feeling. Uh, I'm I'm feeling pretty good, actually. Quite enjoyable uh, hour and a half of just listening to another podcast, actually, while sitting on my rowing machine, which is now what we do in the evenings.
0: Duncan, you say 20k. Is, is that a normal sort of distance that you might row when you're at home?
2: <laughs> well, it's varied, to be honest with you, um, but... Uh, I was aiming to do 30, but I was running short on time. Uh, I got back from work a wee bit later than I was planning, so um gave me an excuse to get off so we could record this.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you for that, and thank you for being here.
3: Clive, how's your day going? Yeah, good. Uh, good, thanks, Simon. I've actually spent much of my day uh, actually looking into food uh, for our expedition uh, uh some of our suppliers are a little bit short of the sheer quantity that we actually need for the whole thing and i've had various conversations today to try and get that locked down. but all exciting is we're getting closer now to the day where we pack up the boat get that shipped off to lagomera and eventually just get ourselves you know those last couple, few weeks uh, ship shipping and ready for to actually get ourselves there and start the race
0: brilliant okay well we're going to be hearing more about this shortly fraser how's your day going
4: yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm having a great day. Uh, thanks, Simon. Just um, I actually spent a bit of my day buying a few uh, last-minute things uh, before we start packing up uh, in the middle of October um, to get the boat um, south. So yeah, no, I've had a, I've, I've had a really nice day. Thank you.
0: Awesome, awesome. Okay, so I'd love to know a little bit more about Five in a Row and about the partnership that you have with My Online Schooling. Can you just give us a bit of an overview, Ian, it might be good if you could do this, give us a bit of an overview as to what it is that you're doing and how you're in partnership with My Online Schooling
1: yeah of course so it's i suppose for us now it's been a two-year journey so it's very uh we we're constantly thinking about this it's uh, it's, uh, easy to forget to explain the whole thing so uh, what we are doing is uh, we're taking part in the talisker whiskey atlantic challenge so we're the only scottish crew that's uh, competing in a rowing race across the atlantic it's uh, three thousand miles from uh, lagamera in the canary islands uh, across to antigua in the caribbean uh, we're one of, I think now, 37 teams, and um, it's, it's a very exciting time. It's, it's something, a, a journey we've been planning for a long time, as I say. And over the course of this, we've been looking for support uh, for uh, our charity. We're raising money for Reverse Ret, which is a shame Ross isn't here. Ross is really involved in the charity because his daughter suffers from Rett syndrome. And uh, so what we're trying to do is raise as much awareness and as much money for the research uh, that they fund as possible. But uh, so to that extent, we've been reaching out to lots of uh, different people, certainly lots of Scottish companies and international ones now. And uh, we met Tom um, from My Online Schooling, uh, who started the whole shebang. And uh, he lives in our local town, North Berwick, was very interested in what we we're doing. And very quickly, we realized that was... Uh, a lot of mutual ground that we could we could cover you know both in the publicity we're building for this and the sort of things we could bring back uh, to his students so perhaps got a long-winded way of explaining it.
0: Now you mentioned Red syndrome I think you called it uh, that's something I've never heard of and I imagine people listening to this they might not have heard of it either tell us a little bit more about what that is could you?
1: Yeah so I think actually Dunk's probably in a good position because his kids are very similar age to uh, Ross's children so do you want to take this Dunk?
2: Yeah, uh, I I guess the reason you've not heard of it is because it's thankfully quite a rare condition, but it's a sort of um, degenerative neurological condition that primarily affects young girls, and it can be totally undetected um, until they get to about about eighteen months, and then um, they find that their development they stop hitting landmarks in terms of their their development as kids. And then, uh, and then start to go backwards in terms of being able to sort of sit up and 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 communicate. So, it's it's a bit like being locked inside your own body, unable to communicate with anything uh, or anyone. Sorry, and it's it's just it's a really cruel condition. So, um, yeah. So Ross's uh, daughter is similar age to my kids. Uh, so I've known her since she was a baby, and uh, just to sort of see all those landmarks pass pass her by has been really quite grim. So. Yeah, uh, so Reverse Rett is a, is a very small charity. It was started up by uh, parents whose daughters have Rett syndrome and they're working on a cure for it.
0: Thank you for that, Duncan. And I imagine that being a small charity, any kind of uh, help in terms of funding and anything that you're doing is always going to make an even bigger difference than it would have otherwise made. So, so thank you for, for explaining all of that to us. Now, I read online that you're, you're doing this race and you're doing it unsupported, Tell us a little bit more about what that means to be unsupported. Clive, I don't. you are talking about food earlier. I don't know whether you're in a good position to answer that for us.
3: Yeah, certainly. So unsupported literally means that we have to carry everything to sustain ourselves for the whole journey. Um, we are prepping uh, ourselves to be, or I should say, Atlantic campaigns, actually, who are the race organisers. They insist that a five-man crew or five-person crew has to be able to sustain themselves for 55 days at sea. And although they do have two uh, 40-foot yachts out sort of tacking between the field of uh, participants, um, it is unsupported. They will not give any support in terms of giving you water rations or food. The only thing they're really there for is make sure that you're still in the race and that if your uh, race beacon were to die, then they may pass one to you throughout the race. So in terms of being unsupported, that means that we have to have all our food. We're going to have circa by 1.4 million calories on board to sustain us for 55 days. Wow. um, Which boils down into if you'll excuse the pun, uh, 1,100 freeze-dried <laughs> rations and 275 snack packs, which, quite honestly, the snack pack would probably sustain me for a week in terms of st- snacks. Um, but they, uh, the average rower loses between uh, 10 and 15 kilograms throughout the whole race. And wow. what the race organisers are trying to do with the calorie count is to try and make you eat to try and sustain rather than dwindle away into nothing. Mm. That said, um, with our food, we also have to sustain ourselves with uh, water as well. Um, We have a desalinator on board, which takes seawater, pumps it through a high pressure membrane and spits out the brine back into the sea and then leaves us with fresh drinking water, which we use then to rehydrate our freeze dried rations and to drink uh, during the day as well
0: thank you for that clive how does it work then in terms of the, the shifts that you take i mean are you all rowing at the same time or do you take it in turns for sleeping and rowing how does that work fraser do you want to cover this
1: yeah yeah
4: i'll uh, i'll jump in here um yeah so um we have the ability to have three up at any one time so that's three rowing um at any one time uh We're going to have uh, three different shift patterns uh, that we're looking into at the moment, depending on the conditions. So if the conditions are really favourable to have uh, three rowers up, then that's what we'll do. If it's not favourable to have three up, then we'll put two up just to give ourselves a little bit of time to do some maybe boat maintenance or uh, personal maintenance or just uh, have a little bit more um, of a rest, um, we're looking at the sort of the main shift pattern, sort of two hours on, two hours off. Uh, there's not much space on the boat.
0: So this, to me, sounds like pretty much character building stuff and not exactly living a life of luxury as you transport yourselves from, from one place to another. How important is it that you all work properly together as a team? Because clearly you're, you're going to be in this small space together. How's that going to work together as five of you do this in such a small space?
1: You're right. It's absolutely crucial because the, the boat's about eight and a half metres long. Wow. Uh, with the cabins, we can just about, you know, it's comfortable for maybe one at a time. But uh, if we ever have to go into parachute anchor, if the, if the weather is just too bad and it's pushing us backwards, we have to try and cram all five of us into two cabins that are not designed for that many people. Mm. And uh, so there's going to be a lot of tensions, but we've been very lucky that uh, quite a lot of people have helped us. We've gone through, a, uh, there's a, a management company have very kindly put us through a, a Belbin survey and given us some um, some team building stuff to just identify you know what everybody's strengths are so we're all aware and then we're also all aware of where we might need a bit of extra assistance and uh, we have given ourselves different roles in, in the boat but ultimately and this is part of the atlantic campaigns thing we all have to be masters of everything uh, because if somebody gets chronic seasickness and they're the only one knows how to work the water maker then that's terribly bad news for everybody else uh, but yeah, it's it's gonna the tempers are gonna fray a bit, and we're gonna be strained. But hopefully, we've got the tools uh, to get past it. And uh, really, one of the most horrendous things I think is um, is the toilet facilities. But uh, uh, we don't have to talk about that right now. I think that, that could be a big strain on everybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay probably best we leave that subject for the moment uh suffice to say that i imagine you'll be looking forward to using proper bathroom facilities when you reach mainland is that right
1: absolutely and and being able to do it without making eye contact with other people would be tremendous <laughs> okay I, I do think
3: actually the even referring to the holding cells the cabins as such as we are going to have is i'm sure the listeners are dreaming up you know phileas fogg uh, Crossing the ocean and dipping into his cabin for gin and tonic, these things literally are you know six feet by three feet by about two and a half feet high. It's literally like a coffin in terms of sliding yourself in and out of it. You need to stop (laughs) saying that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I know. know.
0: (laughs) It's not a big space. That's what you're saying, then, Clive. Uh, No, exactly. That
3: it's not a big space. Yeah,
1: and the other thing is that apparently they get very, very hot because although we're doing this in December and everyone says, "Why on earth are you doing it then?" The trade winds are favourable. We're going to be down sort of bare, you know, around the equator. So it's actually going to be really super hot. And certainly the stern cabin is supposed to be like an oven uh, throughout the day. So uh, that's going to add a
0: little bit of extra attention to the whole thing. So, Ian, you hinted at the fact that there are going to be times where you, you might get on each other's nerves just a little bit. How are you going to stay motivated and inspired, especially during those times?
1: It's a good question, I think actually uh, it, Clive's good one to mention this because we applied to a local uh, uh, grant and uh, we, a lot of it was about how we were you know setting out our our stall to inspire children uh, to be able to do things but I'll let him talk about that
3: yeah so as part of what we've been doing in terms of the preparation to get to the start line we've been doing some uh, prep with a sports psychologist and she's been trying to help us unlock I suppose what our inner our own inner goals are and make us all aware of each other and that's helping us then to be able to say that whenever somebody has a tough day Ian remember this is what you're doing this for don't you're doing this for your kids but there's those are our own personal goals and what we've been able to uh, build is a campaign that has three main targets Uh, The first of which is to really inspire kids locally and, you know, with this uh, partnership with My Online Schooling, we're able to now send that on a global scale as well. Uh, We hope that the kids who are listening to this from My Online Schooling will be inspired by it and take up challenges that may not necessarily be within their comfort zone. The second thing is to be, as we talked about already, this the charity in raising awareness and valuable funds for the charity. You know, as Duncan uh, referred to, you know, reverse rates very close to us in terms of um, motivation for us and then the third thing is really just to be competitive as well we're all our sorry four of us um compete regularly for our local uh skiff rowing club here in north berwick we're all incredibly competitive and we want to put ourselves in the best position possible to as be as competitive as possible during the race itself Hmm. and I think those things like uh, the wider campaign goals and our own personal goals. I think will be where we reach into the locker, uh, for help whenever it comes to keeping each other's motivated through actually the, the tough days. And there will be tough days. Those first few days at sea are really uh, yeah, you know, a a, sh- a very big shock to the system in terms of the environment that you're entering into. Um, it's not. It's not that we can uh, go out and set ourselves a task and say, right, let's, do, let's just do a practice 40 day row around the UK or something. That's just not feasible. Um, this is a one off. And really, we're not going to know what we're into until we're actually there, unfortunately.
0: Clive, tell me a little bit more about that. You, you mentioned that you can't really go and do much testing out, you know, in that sense. But, but, but what, why not? Because I'm thinking people who are listening to this might think to themselves, well, maybe they could just go out 50 miles and then come back. You know, how does it actually work in regards to training?
3: So, we so again, we keep on referring to Atlantic campaigns. We should qualify. They are the race organisers for the Talisquoisic Atlantic Challenge. As part of our qualification to get to the start line, we actually have to do 120 hours of rowing. Uh, 35 hours of those have to be done at night. And so we do go out and do training rows, but they're not going to be in the mid-Atlantic. They are a few miles off the coast of Scotland, and where the conditions were to be honest, are probably relatively benign in comparison to those um, out in the mid-Atlantic. It's very different conditions and we have to be really respectful of our boat as well. Mm -hmm. We can't just throw it into the conditions just for the sake of it. You know, it is our number one uh uh asset to competing and we need to make sure we get it to the start line so we have to be quite careful about how we treat it and how we uh, use it through our training which mm. we always have to have our uh, one eye, or one eye on when we're getting uh, the training hours done it, mm. it's
1: true it's, it's actually much more dangerous for us to be launching the boat around the coastline than it will be to have it out at sea there's not really hopefully that many things to hit uh, in the middle of the ocean and one of the key parts of this is at the end of this, uh, we will be selling the boat on and all the proceeds from that sale will be going to the charity. So we need to keep her in as uh, good nick as possible.
0: Ian, people uh, in the past have achieved some amazing things in boats and many of the people listening to this podcast might remember the likes of Ellen MacArthur. To what extent are achievements like that important for young people today?
1: Well, I, I think they are, but I think more importantly, and it's something we Come back to when we're talking about inspiring the local kids. Is none of us are elite athletes. We're not, um, you know, we're not from fabulously wealthy families uh, where you would normally expect um, these adventurers to come from. Um, and that's what we want to show: is that you can, working together, get yourself into the situation where you can uh, give yourself this challenge. And yeah, I think it's uh, it's important for for kids these days. Kids at any age, you know, I, I would say that there's a lot of um, people who enter this race who are actually considerably older and Frank did it last year, who's 70 years old and did it as a solo. It was a great inspiration um, to to people around the country. And he raised a lot of money. He raised over a million quid uh, for his chosen charity. Wow. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's difficult to, to say how, how big an impact it will have. I think personally, it's going to have a big impact on a massive impact on us ourselves. Um, and these, the race organizers say that Um, there's a huge number of people change their career paths after they've done a row like this. Mm. And a lot of that's to do with you, it's not just a jump in the boat and go. This has been two years in the making for us. It's everyone working together, pulling all the strings they can, organizing, doing all the admin that gets you there. So even getting to the start line is the biggest challenge to start with. Uh, Mm. Once we get onto the water, yes, it's going to be Probably pretty hellish. It's also going to be amazing, uh, the sort of stuff we're going to see. But cumulatively, it's going to have a huge impact on us. And hopefully, we can just reflect that out, and people can understand um,
2: what it's like to to challenge yourself.
0: What aspect of this trip fills you with most fear? Would you say?
2: Well, the conditions are you know are so unknown, uh, mm. so there's there's a certain level of fear about that. Um, I think. Uh, a lot of us are anxious about leaving family and friends at home uh, mm-hmm. and hoping that they're not worrying, sitting at home worrying about us, you know. And it's, it's, but it's, the unknowns is, is a big one for me personally. Um, you know, we don't know if we're going to have, you know, nice lazy seas and a tailwind for 3,000 miles. Uh, that'd be nice. But it it might be it might be headwinds the entire way. Absolutely no way of knowing until we get out there. Once we get to Antigua, we'll know what the unknown quantities of the whole thing were. But um, yeah, so that that that's a big one for me.
0: Well, let's talk about Antigua then for a second. How do you imagine it's going to feel when you actually arrive at destination, Fraser?
4: Oh, I'm already tasting that cold beer and probably not having another night's sleep on the boat.
0: Fantastic. Thank you for that, Fraser. Now, people who are listening to this, if they wanted to uh, if they wanted to get in touch, if they wanted to support you, then what's the best way for them to go about doing that?
1: Okay. Well, in terms of, of people supporting us, uh, we have got a website, which is fiveinarow.co.uk. And on that is uh, there are links to all our social media channels. We've also got uh, links there to our GoFundMe page, uh, which you can donate to any amount you want, any amount you can manage. Uh, we've also got, uh, still available, a range of different sponsorship options. So for instance, you can become a stowaway and get your name and perhaps even your face emblazoned uh, in, as a sticker on uh, uh, on the boat. Something for us to look at while we're going along. If you happen <laughs> to own a multinational company and you've got a few million to spare, uh, we can wrap the boat completely in your design, whatever you would like, as long as it's reasonably PC um uh, so lots of different options uh to help us out there but it would be really good to check out the website we've got a blog there as well lots of updates and videos and things for them to look at
0: and that's five in dot dot so that's f-i-v-e in a row dot that's correct excellent well look All four of you, thank you for being here and uh, thank you for giving up your time and talking to us about this. It's great to hear what you're doing. It's great to hear you're doing this in partnership with My Online Schooling, but it's great to hear why you're doing this as well. And I wish you all success, uh, including Ross as well. So I'm sure it'll all go very, very well. I'll be thinking of you on uh, the 12th of December, which I believe is your planned departure date. And anyone listening to this who's willing to support, you've shared the ways that they can get in touch. So thank you for that.
1: No problem at all, Simon. Thank you. It was really good to speak to you.
0: So that was Ian, Duncan, Fraser and Clive. Thank you to you all for joining us on this episode of The Schools Podcast. Don't forget, if you'd like to know more about the race and the fundraising, then visit inarow.co.uk to find out how you can support them all. Or you could contact my online schooling and they'll point you in the right direction. Now, usually this is the time when I tell you to follow The Schools Podcast channel. But, you know, I don't want to take anything away from what these five are doing. So if you're going to go anywhere after listening to this podcast, then go check out their website, sign up to their updates, and if you can, think about choosing not to buy that coffee tomorrow morning, but instead to donate that money to the team who are supporting Reverse Ret. What a team. A real privilege to talk to them all. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye for now.